Buckeye Talk is brought to you by ShopOhioState.com and the Ohio State University Barnes & Noble Bookstore for all your Ohio State apparel needs and MinutemanTickets.com. Concerts, theater, sports tickets. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys with MinutemanTickets.com. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means getting a taste of the glamorous sports writer life. Here's what we're doing it's 9 12 Saturday night. The press box at Ohio Stadium has closed. We came to our office, McDonald's, to maybe use this McDonald's as a podcast studio. We drove up, you looked in, it's empty. We think, hey, this is gonna work out great. Turns out the inside of McDonald's is closed because of understaffing issues. There's a sign on the door. So the drive-thru's open. We're not in the drive-thru. We don't have food. We don't have warmth. We don't have love. We just have a podcast to do for you people. And half of you are giving us crap for our lousy picks. So you're lucky we're doing it. No, we're just kidding. We're happy to be here. For a post-game Buckeye talk after a 62-39 Ohio State win, Big Ten championship game in a week, Indianapolis at night, Ohio State Northwestern. Northwestern is ranked, I think, 19th, which is, you know, they're 8-4. and four. Texas is playing Oklahoma next week, and we'll get into, into some Ohio State-Oklahoma playoff talk. Texas is only 9-3. and three. They only are, They're only one game better than Northwestern, and they're only like four points or four spots higher in the ranking. So, um... I haven't seen a line yet. I'm sure Ohio State's going to be at least a 10-point favorite, maybe 14. But we'll get to that. So we're going to take your questions, as always, on Buckeye Talk. Um, and again, 62-39, you know that. Steven, we'll start with this from Mike Dubs, Mikey Dubs 9 Why were your predictions so wrong? <clears throat> um, for the record, <clears throat> I went against my gut pick. My gut saying that I should have picked Ohio State. I'm just going to throw that out there. So my gut wasn't wrong, but my mind was. Here's why we were so wrong. First of all, Ohio State has not played this well all season, especially from the defensive side, and their offensive line has been inconsistent. And those are the two main things that won them the football game. So a smart man wouldn't have put their money on Ohio State Ohio State's defense and offensive line did some things today. Tonight, well, today it's tonight now, but today that I think a lot of people had been thinking all season it'll get there, it'll get there, it'll get there, and it didn't get there. So they gave up on it and said, "Listen, this is what they've been all year. So that's what like we have to go off of. You can't. This is like a for the defense and for the offensive line. The way they played today has been more of a blip than it has been a consistent thing." Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Did anyone out there have 62-39? You guys? Anyone have 62-39? 62 points? That's probably some random person. You thought Ohio State was going to score 62 against the number one defense? They weren't, you they weren't sober when they picked it. Yeah. So listen, I, I, I had given up on waiting for them to be this team. I had said they are who they are. That's a, that's a team with a really good quarterback and some playmaking receivers, but a lot of questions in a lot of other spots. 
and I thought Michigan's defense was legit. And I know there were some people who who saw the crossing routes that Indiana hit him with, hit Michigan with last week, and said that that can work. And Ohio State did say that they saw Michigan's man coverage and they thought we can deal with that. Now, I did think Michigan adjusted a little bit early in the second half, but Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, the offensive coaching staff, had a, had a better plan than the Michigan defensive coaching staff did. I did not think that would happen. Um, the Ohio State offensive line played great. I did not think that would happen. And so those are the two things. I thought Michigan would have a plan defensively and that part of that plan would be getting after Dwayne Haskins and the Ohio State offensive line would not be able to stop that. And they stopped it all game. Urban Meyer said the offensive line won the game. They didn't breathe on Dwayne Haskins. So that idea that the Michigan pass rush was negated and Ohio State had such a good plan offensively, I, I don't know what you would point to during the course of this season, at least on a consistent basis, that would have told you that was going to happen. You would have had to believe that this team was going to do some things that they haven't done, at least haven't done all together at all this year. And that's what they did. They played their best game against Michigan. But I also thought Michigan might play its best game. And I thought Michigan's play calling offensively was awful. And I thought they got burned. They just got burned all the time by when they were in man. They could not keep up with the Ohio State receivers. And I thought... I, I, what's the right word? I, I, it's, like, it's not disappointed in Michigan because I don't care what Michigan does. I was surprised at their ineptitude when it came to dealing with things... Um, that should not be a shock, for instance, like K.J. Hill and Paris Campbell on crossing routes, right? And I thought their inability, I thought they would run Shea Patterson. They didn't do that. I thought they would try to hit Ohio State in the middle of the field with some RPOs like they did Indiana, some middle throws. Did not do that at all. They wasted a lot of plays running up the middle. And so I just thought it was a bad offensive game plan. And then in the end, whatever their defensive game plan was, it didn't work because they couldn't get to the quarterback. So, whatever. I think it was a combination of Ohio State played the best game of this season, and I think Michigan might have played its worst game of the season. And that's a team that's already had a loss. Yep. I, I, I just, yeah. They didn't. They didn't do it. I'm going to write this for Sunday morning. I mean, I think it, I think it calls into question, sort of, uh, some of Jim Harbaugh's fundamental principles as a coach. Um, does what he likes to do does that work? Will it work against Ohio State ever? Because there were just things. It's like, well, they, they got burned by speed by Ohio State's offense, and then on on their offensive end. They did a lot of basic stuff, a lot of basic stuff running into the middle of the line. They didn't seem to threaten and pressure Ohio State. They took some shots down the field. Those guys were never open. There were Ohio State guys running open on crossing routes and some other things. The Michigan guys weren't open. They got some pass interference calls, but they were never open. Yeah. Demetrius, or Draymond Jones said he guarantees gold pants. By the way, just to get it out of the way, the Ohio State guys said they did use the Karan Higdon guarantee as motivation. Yeah, It got obviously. mentioned in the skull session, right? Yeah. It's crap. I think it's all crap. Karan, he didn't guarantee anything. He got tricked into it by, by a leading question, no. and I feel, I, I think it's not fair. I mean, you can't control how people feel, but he didn't guarantee it. 
I don't think he got... No, he did 100%. He did not just come out. He didn't come out like Jim Harbaugh did and just go out and of we, his we way. We talked about this the yeah, other day. But he did... Show confidence in his team? Yes, but he did it in a way that played into it. I don't know if he got... I don't think he got tricked into a question. He could have easily did what Draymond Jones did and just, you know, played it off or answered it in a different way. How he went, I guarantee I'm playing on Saturday. He... Did the um, let me think. Yeah, I would. I would. You know, he played into it for sure, though. I hate it. I hate it. I think it's crap. Anthony Clawson at Anthony Clawson two. I know we're all excited about the win and the way Ohio State controlled Michigan this game, but is it really enough to overtake Oklahoma if Ohio State wins out? The committee has been downright disrespectful to Ohio State. Some of it deservingly so. Um, yeah, I think it is because I think they don't like Oklahoma either. And this was Ohio State's best shot at a win. Michigan's your best friend. Thank you, Michigan. That's Ohio State. Thank you, Michigan, for being number four and then losing by 23. We appreciate it. That helps us with the committee. Oklahoma does not have anything on their resume like this. Um, They played basically a coin flip game with West Virginia the other night. They've given up a ton of yards and points the last month. The committee does not like teams that don't play defense. Ohio State played a little bit of defense today against Michigan. Um... I think they'll be ready to move Ohio State. I think they've been waiting on Ohio State. They've been naturally skeptical given the way Ohio State has played. But I think that changes. I think that changes not. It's not just a win for Ohio State. I think it changes how people look at them. Yeah. I think what this boils down to is Oklahoma hasn't done anything this year that is wasn't to be expected. Yeah, they're putting up a lot of points, but they're also giving up a lot of points. And I think that's been a good thing and a bad thing that they haven't done anything that's not expected because it hasn't hurt them, but it hasn't helped them either. It's just kind of kept them in this. They're in the the hunt, but until somebody does something that wasn't expected. And had Ohio State won this game, let's say 21-10, then I think Oklahoma would still have the advantage because – they're doing what they're supposed to do while Ohio State still hasn't done it, hadn't have done any, would not have done anything that would have, you know, made them stand out, especially with that loss to Purdue and in the way they had been playing the last three weeks. Now Ohio State has something that makes you go, it's like if you're trying out for a team, you want to do something that's going to make the coach remember you when it's time to make cuts. Yep. You don't want to do something where the coach is going, when your name comes up and the coach is like, I don't even remember who that was. And I think that's where Oklahoma is at this point. They're the team where it's like, oh, I mean, you didn't really do anything that like out of the ordinary that made me go, hmm, maybe he could help. Or maybe he, or in this case, hmm, maybe they are a deserving team to get in because what they're doing so far is just expected stuff. They're putting up 50 points, but they're giving up 50 points. At first down with the PH, Cullen R. Bowie, PhD. Why does Oklahoma's defense get the benefit of the doubt while Ohio State does not? Um, I, I don't think that's true. I think the ranking coming into today, which was Oklahoma 6, Ohio State 10, was basically Oklahoma's loss was by 3 to a ranked team in Texas. Ohio State's loss was by 29 to a Purdue team that's not ranked. I think that was basically it. I think in a lot of other ways they were very similar. But that was enough to separate them, and I think this is enough to wipe out a lot of that. So, so I, I don't, they don't like Oklahoma. They don't like Oklahoma's defense. It's not like the committee is ignoring that. I just think it was that other stuff, and Ohio State treading a lot of water. So I just, I wouldn't get wrapped up in it. But I'll tell you this, and we're going to be watching this Tuesday night. This is the season, I think, on Tuesday night, and they can still do whatever they want. And Ohio State learned that. 
the first year in 2014 when they dropped Baylor and TCU <coughs> on championship weekend after those teams both won and Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59-0 and jumped them both. Texas and Northwestern are similar enough, I think, in the championship game that barring something like you know, Ohio State wins by three over Northwestern and Oklahoma beats Texas by 40. That's on the table, I guess. But I think probably the most likely thing is that wherever they have Oklahoma and Ohio State ranked Tuesday is where they're going to be ranked Sunday after the games. But they're going to make a determination now. Who's better? Who should be ranked higher, Ohio State or Oklahoma? And I think it would take a lot to shake them out of that, assuming both Oklahoma and Ohio State win. So a lot of these playoff rankings have been silly, and Ohio State's been number 10 every single week. Um, they're not going to be number 10, obviously, on Tuesday night, but I think I think the decision might be made this week because, you know, if, if Oklahoma, Stephen, if Oklahoma beats Texas by 17 and Ohio State beats Northwestern by 23... Why? Why would the committee do anything differently than what they had d- done already? Right? I, why would right. they change? Because honestly, in that situation, I think Ohio State winning by twenty three would be actually more impressive than Oklahoma beating Texas by seventeen, just because of the way Oklahoma scores. Um, and like I said, to answer the question on the defensive thing, you can't get mad at somebody for doing the things you expect them to do. You expect them to not to have these high-scoring games where both teams are in the high 40s to mid-50s. So you can't really penalize a team for doing that when there's no alternative. When, when, when the alternative is a team who's not... You can penalize a team when they're not doing at least the bare minimum, which is what you expect them to do. You expect Ohio State to blow out Maryland. You expect Ohio State to blow out Nebraska. You don't expect those two teams to be in... You don't expect them to go through overtime and come within a quarterback who's not accurate to ridiculously miss a wide receiver to be the reason why Ohio State wins. So Oklahoma this entire time has been doing what was expected of them. Ohio State until today was not doing it. So it has nothing to do with the simple fact of Oklahoma's defense is trash and so was Ohio State's defense. And so that should make them equal. No, Oklahoma is doing what everybody expects Oklahoma to be doing. Ohio State was not. And who do we think will be ranked higher on Tuesday? Oklahoma. Ohio State, 100%. I think so, too. David McMahon at McMahon 65 Did Bill Davis and Greg Schiano save their jobs? I still think they need to change coaches. Your thoughts. Love the podcast. <laughs> um, I think Bill Davis can't be back. I, I, just, I think there's things beyond um, just on-field coaching. I think there's some recruiting things. I think it's just like getting the best out of guys, having guys be confident. Um, you know, Tough Borland made some plays today. I think Malik Harrison's played pretty decently all year. I I, I think Greg Schiano might have to make some adjustments. You know, I, I, I don't know that a lot changed. I don't know that a lot changed. I don't think he can bring Bill Davis back. And I think Urban Meyer, you know, I think they might be interested in Greg Schiano looking at a head coaching job if there's one for the taking. But I also don't think it's impossible that Greg Schiano would be back. Maybe he learned some lessons um, this week. But, and, and this is one of the things, like, it's, 
it is a reality that again, Michigan did not does not have the guys, does not have Anthony McFarland, the Maryland running back, does not have Rondale Moore from Purdue, does not have JD Spielman and Stanley Morgan from Nebraska, does not it's those spread teams with the little fast guys that bother Ohio State a lot more than the Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin kind of teams. Um, and I thought I just thought Michigan would give them more of those looks. They don't have Rondale Moore. Not a lot of teams have Rondale Moore. But I thought Michigan would do more stuff to to act more like a spread team or at least use these tight ends in the middle of the field to try to take advantage of what Ohio State doesn't do well. So did they save their jobs? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people thought it was very possible Ohio State was heading toward a disappointing season. And 10-2, and Stephen, let's flip it very quickly. I don't think people want to linger in this world. But let's imagine Ohio State lost today. 10-2. and two, Headed to most likely the Rose Bowl. Do you think, now that everybody's so excited, would Mm. that have been disappointing? Do you think that would have been the kind of year that would have been viewed as a disappointing year and a year that would have demanded some changes? I think there are about four or five teams in college football entirety where if you gave them that scenario, they would say that is below standard. And Ohio State's one of those four or five teams. So, when you take a step back, like, Draymond Jones, he said this a lot when we talked to him earlier this week. He, We're 10-1. and one. We're 10-1. and one. Like, I know yep. things look bad, but listen, we're 10-1. and one. Like, that's a pretty good record. But you play for Ohio State, so, no, it's not. Because the 1 is to a team you had no business losing to. And the 10, well, about 5 of those 10 really could have and probably should have been losses so I think we're yeah everybody's happy because you beat Michigan and like the playoff chances are still alive and we ruined Michigan season yada 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 that all sounds great but the flip I think today was either what we're seeing with is enthusiasm and joy or it's misery that's like the fine line there there would have been no in between right no I so I you know I mean it does it does change the perception of the entire season but I don't think that you can necessarily look at that and say, well, that means that for the first 11 games, these areas were all good enough. You know, I think you have to be able to take a, a realistic view of 12 games in totality, understand that you want to play your best football at the end. You, they, you played your best football, the most important game of the year. That All that matters a great deal. But did your 10 assistants give you the best coaching all the year that you could have gotten? And I just don't think the answer is yes at a couple spots. Greg Studrawa, to get this offensive line ready to do that, um, I think maybe he kept himself here because I thought there were some issues with the offensive line. That offensive line performance I thought was was stunningly good. Um, so maybe that, but Bill Davis, no. Uh, Andrew Ardle, our guy, where does this game rank for you all time? You've been covering the beat a long time. This has to be up there for you, right? Um, I will say this very quickly. You know, like they Ohio State whooped them, right? Yeah. Like, wasn't that exciting in terms of, like, you kind of knew who was going to win. Now, it was close at halftime. The end of the first half was nuts. And I, I someone's, I don't know if someone's going to ask a question. I want to talk about Michigan's first offensive drive, first offensive possession of the second half. Um, but, like, Ohio State outscored him 17-0 in the third quarter, and then it was over. So, like, 2013, when Tyvis Powell intercepts a two-point conversion 
to win it. That was more exciting. In 2005, Anthony Gonzalez goes helicopter from Troy Smith um, to set up the game-winning touchdown in the final minutes. That was more exciting. You know, like there have been 2016 double overtime with the spot and the crazy Curtis Samuel run than the touchdown. That was more exciting. So that was like a really good Ohio State win, but it wasn't like thrilling to the end. It was thrilling for Ohio State fans who were excited to see their team beat up Michigan, but it wasn't one of those, um, which is the best Ohio State games, that that it's the final minute and you don't know who's going to win. And even though Ohio State has now won 14 of 15 and 7 straight, the ones I just named and even their others, that's how this game has gone several times, even when Ohio State pulled it out. So I, I'd take those um, over over today's game. I'll give you an answer, sir. In the long four weeks <laughs> that I've been on this beat, that was the most exciting Ohio State Michigan game I've ever covered. Yeah, but not as exciting as Maryland. No, it's not the most exciting yeah. Ohio State yeah. game I've covered, but yeah. Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah, it's I no mean, Maryland. No, it's not Maryland. No Maryland. So it doesn't even top the list of like four games I've covered. Secret Agent Randy Beans at one seven seventy four. What was up with all the penalties, specifically the pass interferences? Without the mar- without these, the margin of victory would have been much greater. Like I said, I didn't feel like Michigan's receivers were ever really open. They're handsy. I don't know what to tell you. Damon Arnett is handsy, yeah, and he's never going to stop being handsy. And this is what happens when you're in a McDonald's parking lot trying to read game notes uh, and not run your battery down. What the hell? Hey. Uh, let's see. How many penalties were there? Michigan had. Six and Ohio State had fourteen. I need those little no, reader. Four. Wow, six and four. Ohio State had seven. No, Michigan had seven for seventy-two. Ohio State had twelve for one fifty. Wait. Oh, I'm looking in the wrong spot. That's that's first downs by penalty. We're sitting total in, penalties. We're sitting in the dark, guys. Twelve for one fifty is bad. Um, so I think we've talked about penalties a couple times this year. I part of it is aggression. If you are aggressive, if you are taking it to people, if you are playing man coverage on an island, you are going to have some penalties. If you guys are going to jump offside sometimes because they're trying to be like, I get that, I get that, and I think Urban Meyer gets it too. I think they have to live. You'd rather give up a fifty-yard catch? I take the pi. So, but this, but Damon Arnett especially sometimes he's handsy when he doesn't need to be. But like he, I don't think he's ever gonna stop. So I, I don't know what to tell you. And he's handsy in like wide open space where everybody in the arena yeah. can see it's a pass. It's not even arguable. Like no one else is there. Sneaky handsy is okay. Yeah, but like if it's like point blank period where the quarterback's literally only throwing the ball over there so he can get the pass interference call. You gotta like, which is Dwayne Haskins is like really smart with that. Like yep. he he's really good at like pointing that out and just like. Wasting a throw just so they can get a 15-yard. But did, did you feel like Michigan got to the point where they started to do that too? That they, they were just yeah. sort of throwing balls up there? Yeah. I think Yeah, they did it a lot more, but I think there was one drive specifically at the end of the half where there's like 47 seconds left, and Ohio State literally got down to the goal line because of penalty. Because pass interference. Yeah, right Haskins right. just got smart and said no one's open. He's like, def- that's definitely not legal. I'm just going to throw it over there so the ref pays attention to it. And there was definitely one... Uh, where Michigan had a third down plan, I think ran a tight end down the sideline, I think yeah. against Sean Wade, and just chucked it up, and just the guy because. was never open, and Sean Wade was hugging him, and they got a first down. And so it's like, and you could tell, I think Shea Patterson, he didn't have any idea in his head when he threw it that that might be complete, but he thought he might get a penalty. So it's just it's just the way it is, but when you're playing man like that, and Michigan was playing a lot of man today happen. too, that's the world you live in. Uh, we'll let 
Steven go with this one for a while. Mm-hmm. At Mikey underscore Wills. How good is Chris Olave? Oh be? my God. He's 18, guys. 18 years old, and that's what he just, he's already a legend, and he's 18 years old. You get that for two more years, guys. They've talked about him for a couple of weeks now, and, like, the senior wide receivers love him, and they think he's clearly the future of this school. at this school. He wasn't supposed to get a lot of playing time this year outside of special teams, but then Austin Mack went down with the foot injury and had to have surgery for the rest of the year, so they needed to fill a hole, and he's filled that hole. You saw it a little bit against Michigan State. He had that big-time first-down pickup. That kind of that kept the drive alive for Ohio State, um, but coming into the day, he only had like what like, I think like seven catches for like fifty yards or something like that. He didn't really have a lot of offensive stats outside of that Michigan State game. Um, and the, you predicted that I, I you predicted he would get a catch last a touchdown catch last week. I predicted that the catch he got <coughs> would be the one that Haskins broke JT Barrett's record. Neither one we of us were in on a lot. Yeah, we were all the way in. We were just in on the wrong week. This week, I don't. I think now teams know about him, so I don't know if that's going to happen. Like, say they get into the playoff, I, I think it can happen again against Northwestern because I don't think their their cornerbacks are that good to like keep up with that. But like, no, I don't think he's going to have like three touchdowns. But at the same time, looking at where that can be next year and even like two years from now when he's a junior and eligible for maybe leaving after three years for the NFL draft, that's going to be amazing. So look out for that one. And everyone, even the coaching staff, the players are all on the same page for that. So keep Olave on your radar. Guy attacks the ball. I like the way the guy attacks the ball. I feel like a lot of the Ohio State receivers yeah. sort of wait for the ball to get to them. I thought the first touchdown catch, he he was on the outside of the defensive back, and then as Haskins threw it, he sort of like cut inside the defensive mm-hmm. back and attacked the ball. Um, and it was like, wow, we have not – and. Again, I mean, every Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and KJ Hill and Johnny Dixon of these guys have done a lot of great things. We have not seen an Ohio State receiver receiver attack the ball like that since Michael Thomas. And the reason why is because those three guys are speed. So they're guys that are trying to catch it and go as quickly as possible, which is why you saw Paris Campbell on that shovel pass or handoff or whatever it was. They ruled it as a rush this game, but we've seen that pass plenty of times. He takes that for 78 yards. You literally, they're guys that you really just give the ball to and then get one good block and get him into the secondary and see what happens. Chris Olave is a, a wide receiver. He can run multiple routes, not just a go route. And we saw you know, he did it on the first touchdown, but he did it on the second touchdown too where he literally went, he came back to get that ball. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of other receivers on his team who would come back to get that ball. It had just been a lost ball. Chip Munn at Chip Munn. Steven and Doug, I believe the players and group of the game was the offensive line. Their play against the number one pass defense in the U.S. allowed Haskins to light it up. Your thoughts? 100% agree. thought they were awesome. Um, wrote a story about it. You can read it at cleveland.com. Uh, Urban Meyer said it. Dwayne Haskins said it. Like, the coaches and, like, quarterbacks have to say that stuff. It's cliche. I mean, it, he wasn't – they didn't even breathe on him. They didn't even breathe on him. So I thought that was um, – Incredible how well they played. At seek underscore keck is Urban and Jim's head. And then <laughs> let's get to Eloy Hernandez is just in here answering every question. We don't even have to do the podcast. Yeah, man. Um, just bring him on. So let me think. I'm trying. I, I want to talk about Harbaugh a little bit. Um, I don't know that Urban's in. I don't think it's psychological. Okay. I do not think that 
Someone has... Oh, here's a question. I, I do not think, like, Jim Harbaugh has, like, a mental block or anything, okay? And Eddie Vulich at Zadea is a, look at the, is a question I was looking for. He asked, did Michigan's lack of speed players hurt them? Nebraska and Purdue and Maryland all had speed guys that could take advantage of Ohio State's mistakes. Harbaugh couldn't. So that's coupled, right? I don't think it's psychological. I don't think it's that Jim Harbaugh doesn't understand the game. I don't think it's that he's afraid of Urban Meyer. I don't know that it. I don't know that it's that he gets tight. Although I thought the play calling was not as creative as it should have been. Again, they they this was his best team. They were much closer the previous two years with worse teams. So maybe you you would look at that and say they blew it as a favorite. They couldn't handle it. I thought I watched that game and I thought, does Jim Harbaugh's style work against Ohio State? What he tries to do offensively, what he recruits, the type of players he puts out there, that I'm not sure. And they have some good skill guys. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones and and Karan Higdon and Chris Evans and a couple good tight ends and stuff. But if Rondale Moore was at Michigan, I'm not exactly sure how they would use him. Right? Rondale Moore, I wrote earlier this year, where's Ohio State's Rondale Moore? They need to get a guy like that. They tried to get Wandale Robinson. Um, in recruiting, they've gone after a couple smaller guys. They haven't gotten them. I want everybody to have a, you get a Rondale Moore. You get a Rondale Moore. You get a Rondale Moore. I, I don't know what Michigan would do with a Rondale Moore. And so that to me, and this is just a spread versus NFL style offensive ideology discussion, which is the kind of thing that football people have all the time. But in a head to head matchup, right? Wisconsin is rare in the way they play. They have the five gigantic offensive linemen. They run the ball. And then when you go play them, if you're a a team that has a defense built to stop the spread, you have smaller, faster guys, your linebackers are like Darren Lee, Wisconsin might give you trouble, right? Sometimes. (laughs) So that gives them an edge sometimes. I don't know that Michigan, like Michigan is not so far on the edge of Wisconsin that they would have an, an edge like that. But yet it did feel like they didn't feel as dangerous as Purdue felt. They didn't feel as dangerous as Anthony McFarland was last week with Maryland. So if that's the case, and if Ohio State and the way they play and the players they recruit, if they're just going to have faster guys, but yet their athletes are good enough to handle the Michigan tight ends and handle the Michigan power and handle the Michigan NFL style, I don't think it's psychological. I think it might be stylistic. And is Jim Harbaugh rolling a boulder up a hill that's never going to get up there because he's playing the wrong way to beat Ohio State? And if that's the case, maybe he can win 10 games. But if his style of offense, and maybe even what they do defensively, if somehow it's not going to beat Ohio State, you can't do it. Because at some point, (laughs) you've got to beat Ohio State and they had some decent players out there today, but it, looking at what they did, and they moved the ball, and this is a bad Ohio State defense. They did move the ball at times, but they were never dangerous. They were never threatening. And it made me think, is there something about what Jim Harbaugh wants to do on the field that automatically puts Michigan at a disadvantage against Ohio State? I'm going to take the opposite and go with the psychological thing, and here's why. You named a lot of offensive reasons for why this, why he can't beat Urban Meyer in Ohio State, but Michigan didn't come into this game with like this like 
high-powered offense. That's mm-hmm. not what they've been known for all year. They've been known for their defense. They have the number one defense in the country. They came into the game four, tied for fourth in the nation in points allowed per game at 13.5, and they gave up 62 points. Yep. They scored 39 points, which is pretty solid for a team who's not doesn't necessarily have a great offensive-like plan. Like, they're not a team that you're looking at and going, oh, they're going to put up 39 points. 30-plus points on us every single week. No. The problem was they could not stop Ohio State from doing what Ohio State wanted to do. And that leads to me that this game was set up for Michigan to win the game. Yes, Ohio State has a very good offense when everything is clicking. But this is the number one defense in the country, and they could not stop Ohio State. Their defense looked Ohio State's defense looked better than the number one defense. But what's psychological about that? I think what's psychological about it is the simple fact that everything that had worked for you all year defensively did not work in this game. And we talked about this during the midweek podcast. We talked about, is this the turn of a tie where we're going to go Mm -hmm. back to a point where this is going to be a back-and-forth affair where there's no real, like, surprise on who wins the game? Well, and I said, so. I said, well, that can't start until Michigan gets a win. And this would be the perfect place for them to get that win on the road. Against yeah, but t- what's psychological? What's, what's psycholo- the psychological part? You can't. You think they're tight? I think they can. I, okay, let's put this in. Like, let's just put this in, a, in, a, in two different other teams outside of this. Raptors and the Cavs. What was the joke? They couldn't beat LeBron James. They had a psychological thing with LeBron James. They had a better record than the Cavaliers. They had home court advantage, and they still got swept by LeBron James. Now, let's look at this with Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan came in with the considered better team. They came in the favorite, even though they were playing on the road. They had the number one defense in the country to go up and get the team whose only good asset all season has been its offense. And yet, they still lose 62-39. to that's cycle. I think until you get the win, do you really know you can do it? Like you can sit here and play into. Mm, yeah, I do kind of think that we can win it, but until you do it, you can't start this back and forth thing. Or this is going to be a competitive thing until they get that win, and they have not been able to get that win. I don't know. I mean, the hard part of this is if a spot is six inches shorter two years ago, Michigan has a win against Ohio State. And if I'm six so, eight from no, Akron, no, but, Ohio, but, but, I'm LeBron James. No, I mean that's not the same thing. It was it was six inches. It was I mean, everything about the game was the same. And JT Barrett ran into a guy's butt, and it, it wasn't like a great plan by Ohio State that somehow they got that spot. So I, I mean, Michigan's been right there, and then they weren't there today at like, all. They they felt extremely for a team that had everything to be able to win this game. And was expected to win this game. They fell way short in comparison to you. You you said it. This was probably Jim Harbaugh's best team since he's been at Michigan's head. But coach. I feel like I mean, obviously they fell short. But but I I don't think the reason they couldn't like get a pass rush was because they were like psyched out. I feel just like the Ohio State had a better offensive plan and and the line played well. I don't know. I I. I... But to not get one sack. Oh, I know. So, no, but that's 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 both imp- that's impressive for Ohio State, but that's also like, really, like, not one. You're the best defense in the country. And no, you but what's psychological about not getting a sack? This is one of the. This is the best defense in the country. One of the best pass defenses in the country, and no disruption, like at all. No, I know. I just I don't. I I felt like Michigan was a that Ohio State was like a bad matchup for Michigan today in the way the game unfolded. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I understand the question. I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree. I don't. I think it's 
schematic. I think it's coaching. I think it's creativity. I think it's playmakers. Um, 14 out of 15, seven straight. But Jim Harbaugh's only been here for, I mean, I, so, that's a lot to, what I'm saying is that's a lot to overcome when mentally. I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe. I mean, if if they, I don't know. I mean, it is. It is. But they also couldn't cover Paris Campbell on a crossing route. You know. Yeah. And I, like, I feel like it was more that, and they couldn't get pressure on Dwayne Haskins, and they, they didn't run anything. Shea Patterson enough. You know. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's. it's I, I mean, 14 out of 15 and 7 straight, I mean, you're searching for the whys, right? And there's more than one why. And again, there's a two-point conversion in 2013 and a spot in 2016 and a helicopter catch in 2005. Yeah, there's a lot of heartbreaking losses. But today, it's like none of the things that you've been able to do all year can work. So I guess the question is if Ohio State and Michigan, instead of Ohio State winning 13 of the previous 14 – if Ohio State had won eight of the previous fourteen, if Urban Meyer wasn't six and zero against Michigan coming in, he was three and three. Would Michigan have won today, or would they still not have been able to cover Paris Cam on a crossing route? I don't think it would have been sixty-two to thirty-nine. I don't know. Like they I, I just help, thought that, that defense looked helpless. Football wise, not not psychological tight. We don't know what to do wise. Like man on man, we didn't make the right adjustments. They're faster than us wise. They get Demario McCall matched up on Devin Bush on a wheel route, and it's twenty-eight yards. Boom! Like I, I, I don't know, and I and I don't want to downplay the psychological part of it because I think with with teenagers and twenty-somethings, that is a huge component of it. Yeah. But like Demario McCall is the one who dropped the kickoff. It wasn't like Michigan was booting the ball everywhere, you know? Like they didn't they didn't they didn't make a bunch of mental mistakes. Ohio State had twice as many penalties. When you sort of look at the emotional mental side of things, Ohio State lost the mental emotional battle. They won the our guys faster than you battle and they won the our guys can block you better battle. So, I don't know. I think it's you you could talk all night about it and it, I mean I mean I was saying, you know, what's it going to be 58 out of 59? I don't know. I mean, I guess if it gets to if it gets to thirty two out of thirty three that Ohio State's won, that's really going to be a psychological thing. How many more times does Jim Harbaugh have to lose before there's a question of if he's the guy? Well, I don't, I, I, and um, I don't know. They've had a really good year. I still yeah, think I they're good. They their play calling sucks. Like, but God, this is it. This is their like, offensive play calling. I just thought was awful. Beating your rival was make or break in college. I know, and they so. beat, but they they and they beat Michigan State this year, and they avenged the, the Wisconsin and Penn State losses. So, but this is the biggest stop yeah, in the revenge tour. No, I know. So it's like getting to your like headliner, and then they. I mean, I just don't think. I mean, the one thing is he's had his classes. This is year four. So you got to give it to a coach time to get his classes in, right? You get in guys, yeah. you get in your the types of players that you want. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think he didn't get off to a rip roaring recruiting start. He kind of eased into things, so I think that still will get better. Um, but this one's big. I mean, this one is big, and um, you know, I, I I don't know. It's it's there's no right answer. Um, so I understand the psychological part of things, but also you got cover Paris Campbell. This is an interesting question from WDK Cards. I'm going to cut off the first part because I don't know what the answer is. Well, the first part is, Doug, have you ever covered an Ohio State team with as bad of a performance as against Purdue and as good as the one today? And the answer is yes. I mean, it happens. 
it happens all the time, you know, like there's just good teams lay eggs. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, the Terrell Pryor team that lost at Purdue in, in 2009 was like really good. They went and beat the crap out of Oregon in the Rose Bowl after they lost at Purdue. So like, yeah, I have. It happens. Like this is a program that doesn't lose very much, but this is also a program that has had some, has had every couple of years has had a stinker loss and then they still go whoop somebody. I mean, that, 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 the 2014 team that lost to Virginia Tech then went up to Michigan State and beat the crap out of a really good Michigan State team and avenged that. So along those ideas, it actually happens all the time. Here's the question, Stephen. The team that played today can beat Alabama, asks WDK Cards. Okay, Agreed? Listen, listen. I'm not going to say yes or in order of that, but I will say you've had enough alcohol today, sir. <clears throat> Here's what I think, and I think we very well may get this. Uh, Alabama, if it's the number one seed, will play the semifinal in Dallas. Dallas is closer to Alabama than Miami is. Ohio State, if it gets in, sure is looking like the four seed. So we would be back to what we had in 2014 when those teams met in New Orleans. I've said it all year. I think Dwayne Haskins gives you a puncher's chance. Yeah. This is not as good of an Ohio State. Uh, I, I would ease off. I think we have to be careful of 2014 comparisons because there are some roads that people want to go down with that about a team that is, like, getting rolling at the end of the year and might get into the playoff as number four. Except one team had a whole bunch of first-round NFL draft picks, and this one doesn't. Show me Michael Thomas. We're, we're just comparing Chris Olave to Michael Thomas. But it's like, show me <laughs> Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott and Darren Lee and Von Bell, and 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 we can talk. I, I They're not there. So I just would be careful. Um, I think Dwayne Haskins gives you, and I've said it, I mean, he's Buster Douglas. They're Buster <laughs> Douglas and Alabama's Mike Tyson. You might knock them out. Now you got to hit. It's not one punch against Bama. No. You got to hit like three eighty-yard ones. But who would give you a better chance? If and I know Alabama traditionally they've been bothered like many teams by the by the scrambling dual threat quarterback Johnny Manziel and that kind of thing. Um, I get that. But who would you rather have? We saw what Cardale Jones, what the big over the top guy did. If you could pick any quarterback in college football to go against. Alabama this year, would you take Kyler Murray over Dwayne Haskins? I think I'd take Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Puncher's chance, man. I don't yeah. know. I'm not saying they would, like I said, I'm not going to say they would win or lose, but I know that, like, this guy's asking this question. He probably asked that question literally 15 minutes after the game ended, and he was really excited. I do think in 2014, Alabama was playing a linebacker at quarterback or Blake Sims, whatever his deal was. <laughs> Two is different. This is this is a real quarterback. We're talking about sort of Alabama, a different Alabama than people have seen in a long time. So, um, Doug DeLillo, is this win the best one since the national title? This one felt personal. I mean, I do think there's part of it that people love when Ohio State gets to be the underdog, and they're seven and zero as an underdog in the Urban Meyer era. You don't get to be the under. This is year seven. This is the seventh time they're the underdog, but they haven't been an underdog since the 2014 season. So I get it. I get it. That's fun to be an underdog. Um, is this the best win since the national title? I don't know. I mean, it's like when they went to Oklahoma in 2016, and you saw how good that Oklahoma team was the next year. They went to Oklahoma with the youngest team in the country. And Sam Hubbard and Marshawn Lattimore and Malik Hooker like took apart Oklahoma. 
That was really a good win. That was a really, really good win. So I, I get that that didn't feel as personal. Um, I don't know. And then that 2016 team at the end of the year finds a way. Curtis Samuel drags you through overtime to beat Michigan 30-27 in double overtime. A really good Michigan team in a 2-3 <coughs> battle. I don't know. Like, I think that was a better win. So I get it. Prisoner of the moment. Everybody's excited. Like it was walk- good. It was good. You're like a walking cyclist. No, I just remember. I mean, they, they don't have... Your memory is amazing. You know, I mean, I, I lose track of all the Minnesota, Indiana, but like the stuff Rutgers really, games, but, but the, the fun stuff one. that matters, you know, I don't know. So, um, so uh, J.F. Changer, and then we'll ease up here in a little bit. We're, we're 43 minutes. J.F. Changer, I haven't watched Northwestern all year. Have you? What should we expect? I have not. No. But I will say this. I talked to some people in the press box today, some national people who know this better than we do. Uh, and someone said, like, Northwestern's not good at anything. They're average at everything. Mm-hmm. And so and they don't make they don't have very many penalties against an Ohio State team that is very penalized. I just think athletically they're not going to be able to match up. Much like Wisconsin um, in 2014, I think, <coughs> you know, if Paris Campbell and K.J. Hill can't be covered by Michigan, I don't think they can be covered by Northwestern. And Chris Olave will do that, and they'll run the ball. And uh, Clayton Thorson, that, that offense, might get some stuff going against them. Um, it's, it's, you know, Northwestern's best season in however long, um, they beat everybody in the West. Their only loss in the big 10 was to Michigan. They were 0 three in the non-conference. They lost to Duke and Akron, but they've come a long way since then. You know, I mean, whatever it's eight and four Northwestern teams. So like, I, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that like, it's going to be like really close with some random really at the end of like the first quarter, but then all of a sudden the house is going to go, wait a minute. Like. No, <laughs> it's just hard when you start out out at out athleting teams. Yeah, you know, then, like, like it takes it takes you a minute to realize. Wait, no, I, this is not a game. And then, yeah, you know, the I, Jets I, turn on. I, I I just I I have a hard time seeing, especially inside. Yeah, there's no like other, you know, elements. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, let's see. Is there any more we need to get to? Now someone asks at. Mikhail underscore ice. How many points does Ohio State lose to lose to Bama by? So um, another Russian nice. bot, another Russian too. How big was this win for recruiting? I mean, there's some people there that uh, Ohio State, and Michigan are both going <coughs> after. Nah. You know, I mean, That's it's one tough. of those things. If you're if you are someone thinking about Ohio State, all right, Stephen, you're young. Okay, you could have been. You're not that far removed from a, a, a high school recruit. If you are someone who was on the fence about Ohio State, who was considering Ohio State, but you were worried about Urban Meyer's future, you were thinking, oh, man, are they trending the wrong way? This kind of seems like a weird season. What would that one game have done to you? Um, Irresponsibly, oh, my God, I want to come to Ohio State so we can pick on Michigan. But if you're Doc Harrison and responsible about your recruiting, I think you look at this game and, okay, it was a great game, but there's a couple ways you can look at this. Eventually, you're going to get a group of players who who looks at Ohio State and goes, "Man, I want to be the people who take that. I want to be a part of the Michigan team that finally beats that team." So you're going to get those type of players, and then you're going to get players who are going to be worried about Urban Meyer's future, and maybe they're paying attention to what Brian Day is doing and what his mindset is because a lot of this offense right now is him. So maybe that's what you do. You start paying attention to what what Ryan Day is doing. Is he going to be here? 
Or is he not going to be here? Regardless of what Urban Meyer is doing. As yeah, a, especially as an offensive player, that's what I'm. Look, I would look at. Here's here's what I think is. I, I think this gets you back to normal Ohio State recruiting. I don't know that like it just. I think it might have all the whatever that started with the Zach Smith stuff and continued through the Urban Health stuff. Yeah. and continued through the Purdue loss and kind of a weird last month. All the doubt that crept in. I think this might have wiped away the doubt and got Ohio State back to where it was before, which is like, oh, Ohio State's cool. Maybe I'll go there. It does, I don't know if it gets you over the top and makes kids commit, but I think it maybe gets you back on your own level playing field if you felt like that was maybe tilting away from you a little bit. Joseph Sura, how did the previously maligned linebacker core play so well? They were great for the first three quarters when the game was still in doubt. Was it a scheme adjustment, poor coaching by Harbaugh, or just players finally making plays? I felt like they didn't stress the linebackers a lot. Again, they didn't throw over the middle. They didn't run Shea Patterson nearly. I thought Shea Patterson in the zone read was really going to be a problem for Ohio State. They didn't use it at all. This played into the kind of game that the Ohio State linebackers like, which is like handoffs up the middle and running backs right in front of them. Yeah, in the first half, it seemed like a lot of things they were doing were going to be set up. So in the second half, they could come back to those things for maybe some big play opportunities, and that just never happened. They just kind of stuck with the thing that you thought was a setup. It's like, oh, this isn't a setup. This is just what you're like. This is the game plan. And if you are just like running like a normal running back through a hole and then like Tough Borland and Pete Warner and everybody are like, oh, that's cool. We'll tackle him. Yeah. Then, you know, you're not, they just, they weren't, they didn't, they just didn't put them in tough situations, I felt like. And I want to go back and Stephen was saying, we want to go back and watch it again. You know, there's a lot going on. I I, I got to see, but it just felt like an Ohio State linebacker kind of game, much like the Michigan State game. And again, we knew that. We knew that those teams, there are teams that kind of play similar. Iowa's kind of like that too. But then when you play Ohio State, you have to, how can you not watch the Purdue film and the Maryland film and think, we're going to do some of that stuff? Maybe it's not what we naturally do as much, but we're going to do some of it because it's hard for Ohio State to deal with. And I feel like they didn't do that. For a team that like has had a problem tackling all season long, Michigan and Michigan State especially, didn't really put Ohio State in positions where they had to like, where they were going to possibly miss a tackle. And I think that's what they need. You need to, like, this team has had a tackling problem. So put them in situations where there's a good chance they're going to miss the tackle. Bill Lawrence at Geel Avenue. What happened with the late in the game Ohio State injury? Any report yet? We did not get an official report on Demetrius Knox. We were told he was on crutches after the game. We think it's a knee injury. Um, it, it, the guess right now would be he doesn't play next week, but we don't know anything. If he doesn't play, Wyatt Davis gets slotted in there. We were talking about this from 2013. Marcus Hall in the Michigan game gets ejected. He doesn't play the next week. Pat Elfline goes in, plays against Michigan State in that game. They lose that game, but Pat Elfline plays very well, and it's the beginning of Pat Elfline. I think maybe that's in, that's possibly in line here. The offensive line played very, 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 very well on Saturday. I think if Wyatt Davis is in there for Demetrius Knox, I think they're okay. I think they're okay. Um, huh. All right. Do you think? Do you think? We'll we'll get people are asking about Urban's future. I just don't know. I'm going to write about that for Sunday. You can read it there. Um, like there, nobody knows anything, and so it's like, well, if they, so now he if he he could go out on top with the perfect record against Michigan, or now they're so good, how could he leave this? Like we just, I don't know. He has a health issue. He's got to figure it out. I'm going to get into some of the speculation and the story on Sunday. You can read it at cleveland.com. But I I don't want to go down the road. I don't want to go down the road too much. Um, 
Let's finish with this one. Matty Ice at Van Gogh underscore zero. How bad does the hype around Shea Patterson in the preseason versus the lack of preseason national media hype for Haskins, Dwayne Haskins look? Wishful thinking by the media to want Michigan to get on Ohio State's level. All right, I wrote this at the time. I wrote this. I wrote a tiny little Buckeye take right as the season started that I thought Dwayne Haskins was the most important player of the college football season because I thought people had no idea how good he was. And he's a guy who could help Ohio State like get over the top to be a Bama challenger. Um, I think if you're around Ohio State, if you're a fan, if you're a media member, he's been awesome. Nobody's surprised. Of all the stuff that happened, of all the stuff that was actually affected by the Urban Meyer-Zach Smith stuff in the preseason, I thought the number one tangible effect was Dwayne Haskins didn't get enough hype. Because the only thing people were talking about and writing about with Ohio State was Urban Meyer-Zach Smith and what's going to happen. Is Urban going to have a job? And it was like, hey, do you guys know that they have like a dude over here who's going to throw 50 touchdown passes? And like nationally, I don't like... If it would have been a normal preseason, I think that would have been the Ohio State story. This guy waited behind JT Barrett. They're changing the offense. They're gonna, they're gonna facilitate a throwing quarterback. All this stuff, and instead, it was all this mess. I thought Shea Patterson and Dwayne Haskins by the end of the year would be the two best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I think you can make that argument. We all know who the best one is. It's Dwayne. I thought Shea Patterson played okay today. He missed some throws. I think they used him. They didn't use him in the run game enough. What do you think, Stephen, of of the idea of and you weren't on the beat, but you knew Dwayne, the name Dwayne yeah, Haskins, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like what Dwayne Haskins is <clears throat> versus maybe what people thought he would be. Whether it's Ohio State fans and national fans, if you can answer both, in the end, where we are with Dwayne Haskins, how much of this is a surprise, and how much of this is basically what was expected by people, maybe who really understood what was up with Ohio State couple of things. First of all, I agree with the fact that he probably didn't get the hype he deserved, um, especially for a guy who came into a Michigan game where the team was losing and <clears throat> played as if he had been playing all year. <clears throat> so that alone, it's like, hey, that's your quarterback next year. That should have been enough. I think a couple of things, and not to bring up this name, but to bring up this name, I think Tate Martell plays a role in it because of who Marte- Martell is just as like a person, a personality. There's a lot of People wanted to see Tate Martell on the field this year, even even if he obviously he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback. But just like seeing him, seeing them seeing him on the field, you know, would have brought some hype. Like anytime he got on the field this year, it was like, oh my god, Tate Martell's out there. Oh my god, Tate Martell's out there. And because that that's the type of quarterback Ohio State fans have kind of gotten used to with Urban Meyer being here, that kind of took some weight away from Haskins. If Tressel was still here, the way he he coached. You look at Troy Smith. Haskins would have easily been getting that same type of hype just from a football standpoint because that offense would have fit him a lot more than what Urban Meyer likes to do. Now, the Zach Smith stuff as well, yeah, that also is part of it because that's what Ohio State was in the news for all summer instead of for football stuff. So I think that kind of benefited him a little bit. Not the fact that Zach Smith things happened, but the fact that, like, there wasn't all that extra stuff so he just got to play football, and it started him out at a really high level, and then he started to get a little bit of attention, and then obviously as a first-year starting quarterback, he went through some low moments, and those were, by then he was already well-known enough and a Heisman-level like candidate, and 
So then that's what we started to focus on is, hey, like, what's going on with Dwayne Haskins? How come he's starting to really fall off a little bit? And then these last two weeks, we've seen him kind of pick it, pick it back up, and he's done it in two big – well, one's a big game, and the other one became a big game because of what the score was. And he's been 1A or 1B of the reason why Ohio State won both of those games. And so now you're seeing him get a lot of that recognition that – Shea Patterson probably got at the beginning of the year because there wasn't all these other variables around Michigan other than just the fact that he was a starting quarterback. We'll have a video up this on Cleveland.com on Sunday morning. We both think he has a really good shot to get to New York. So he's going to end up getting the credit that he deserves. Um, I just think he, um, you know, maybe it wasn't there as early as it would have been. Well, we'll do one more, actually, because I think it's an interesting one. I want to get Steven's thought on this. At Sir Moses R.S., Normally after a big emotional win, the Buckeyes tend to go into the next game sleeping. How does the coaching staff make sure they're prepared to play the same for the upcoming championship and bowl game? So I know what you're saying, but also like Wisconsin 59 nothing, yeah. right? So just the idea in general, Stephen, this has been a team that has been hard to figure out. Uh, I am now 4-8 and eight against the spread this year, picking against Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. It, they, they are hard. That's why this... Game, maybe some people didn't see coming because they're they're hard to get a read on. They're inconsistent. Is there any level of worry of a drop off, or are they at a point now where it's like they see something, a playoff is out there for them, and and they won't let that happen? Or is that legitimate? I'll say this: if Michigan week was like week nine, and there was like a game after this, like a regular season game, that would be a valid point. They're playing for a Big Ten championship now. So it's, just, it's a different you know, type of mindset for everybody now because it's not just another regular season game. I think because of what's being played for now, I don't – no, I don't think they're going to put up 62 points and, like, everything is just going to be, like, amazing again. Like, they're going to have some problems, but I don't think as far as, like, no one's going to, like – from an effort standpoint or just like a mentality standpoint fall off because you're playing for championships now. You're not playing. It's not a random regular season game in the middle of October. Yeah, I would be, uh, I would be surprised if there's some kind of emotional um, or mental letdown for this. And, you know, I mean, if Northwestern's winning 14 to seven in the middle of the second quarter, people are going to assume it's because of an emotional mental letdown. So I don't know. Until the light turns on. I picked Michigan to win. What the hell do I know? By the way, just so you know, we both picked Michigan to win. Yeah, we but that's not important. Wrong. Anymore. We were wrong. It's not we were wrong. It's not what, are, what do you want us to say? We were wrong. It's crazy. You know, how humans, when you have a question, it's a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer right. We were wrong. We were like, we apologize. No, like, we were like really wrong. Dude. We were really wrong. <laughs> like, really wrong. That's amazing. I hope I hope your main enjoyment for your uh, football team winning does not come from the sports writers you follow being wrong. That's weird. But we were wrong. All right. New Buckeye Talk midweek. Next week. We'll do it on Tuesday. Drop it on Wednesday. As always, want to thank our friends at MinutemanTickets.com and ShopOhioState.com. Um, hope you guys tried out our new friend Somto at OurParking.Space. If you use that parking app to get your spot for Ohio State Michigan. You can use that also. Uh, anytime you're coming to events in Columbus, check out our parking. Am I saying the right thing? I gotta look it up. I don't want to say the wrong thing. How bad would that be? I have to give the money back, right? If you say the wrong uh someone pays you to to promote their website and you say the wrong website, 
that's malfeasance. Ooh, let's see if I got it right. I did get it right. Our parking dot space. Listen, you're coming to Columbus. You're going to something at the shot. You're going to something at Ohio Stadium. You need a place to park. You get on our parking dot space ahead of time. Book your parking spot. You're good to go. So thanks to them. Thanks to our friends at MinutemanTickets.com. Thanks to our friends at ShopOhioState.com. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for your questions. Um, you can always email us at Talk pod at gmail we did not get to the gmail questions today we'll get to some of those in the middle of next week so from a heated up fogged over car in a mcdonald's parking lot a mcdonald's that is closed like eight different people have come up and tried to go into the mcdonald's why we've been sitting here and they've all seen the sign that says closed for understaffing so come to mcdonald's a different day listen to buckeye talk twice a week for steven means i'm douglay maurice And that was Buckeye Talk.